Welcome to today's 10 with Ben podcast about real estate in the new world and what's really happening out there. Please wear a mask and save lives. COVID is real and it's spreading like wildfire. It's a beautiful day in Chicago up on the 35th floor on Wacker Drive. In fact, the weather in Chicago has been nothing short of incredible for November. Almost a week of 70 degree days, it just does not get any better than this. In today's episode, we're going to address the world of building amenities, the amenity arm race, if you will, and how they've become a staple in office buildings in the last 10 years. Buildings have evolved into much more than office space and a place to work. It's all about quality of life, recruitment of talent, and at least before the pandemic kicked in, most people spend more time in the office than they do at home. Buildings have become country clubs or luxury hotels in a way, a place for work, health, wellness, and socialization, but at a fraction of the cost. When I started in this business, the only amenity that we could expect in a building was coffee, and if lucky, some sort of food service. But today, your amenity options are limitless. So when you go on your next tour, bring a pen and paper or your iPad and buckle up because you are in for a ride. Uh, the first thing I'm gonna talk about is the fitness center. A fitness center is a must in most class A and B buildings, but you'll even see it sometimes in class C buildings. And size matters when it comes to fitness centers. Big buildings like the Merchandise Mart, Aon, and One North State have equipped the fitness center with all the bells and whistles that you would expect from free weights to machines, pelotons, treadmills, classes, and some even have climbing walls. When landlords look at adding or upgrading the fitness center in a building, they strive to build it consistent with any full service health club, but at a much reduced membership to the building tenants and employees. Actually, Many buildings build the cost into the operating expenses of a building so that the net cost to the tenants is zero. That's the right price. Pricing is determined on a building by building basis and often dependent on if there's a third party operator or if it's self-managed. If there's a monthly cost, it's always under $100 a month, but usually they'll only charge a small maintenance fee of maybe $25 or $30 a month or even sometimes a one-time activation fee with no cost after. When we're negotiating terms, we always try to also negotiate the fitness center fees down to zero or some sort of discount consistent with negotiating the other economic and option terms in the lease. It's also really important that we specify that the fitness center costs are for the entire term of the lease and any renewals in the future. Uh, what you don't want to happen is that you tie into a, a, a cost, maybe it's you know $20 or, or $30 a month, and then uh, a couple of years down the road, they, the building tries to take that away. Or they say, great, we understand that you've been paying $20 or $30, but now we're going to increase it to $100. So we want to make sure that that's built into the lease document. Most importantly, locker rooms and showers are included so that you can wash up before going back to the office. Most buildings even have towel service, so you don't have to bring one from home. Piggybacking off of the locker rooms and showers, if you're a biker, most buildings have dedicated bike rooms, so you can lock up your bike safely in the building and use the showers. 
even if you're not a paying fitness center customer, most buildings will allow you to use the showers and some have even put in separate showers that are for exclusive biker use. Uh, one last point regarding fitness centers. In class C buildings, uh, fitness centers usually consist of um, maybe a treadmill, some bikes. It's really just a checkbox to compete against other buildings, but at a lower cost per square foot. The next thing I'm gonna talk about is uh, conferencing facilities. Back in the old days, if a company wanted to host a larger meeting, they would book a hotel conference center and employees and guests would meet at the offsite facility. But that's no longer the case. We sometimes work with groups that require conference center usage on a monthly or even weekly basis. They'd rather find a building that it can accommodate this requirement than consider finding an offsite center or having to build it into their space uh, where they would have to pay a premium in rent. They'd rather find a building that can accommodate this requirement than think about finding an offsite center or having to build a conference center even in their space where by building it, they would then have to pay a premium cost per square foot in rent uh, for a space that they use infrequently. Conference centers consist of small and large conference rooms to meet tenants' varying needs. Food service can be brought in either through the building food service or third-party providers. And typically conference centers uh, are on a first come, first serve basis. Uh, they require reservations through building management. And as long as you think about it uh, ahead of time, uh, usually you can book the dates you want without much difficulty. In a lease, we can negotiate discounted and at times free usage, depending on tenants' needs, uh, but they still would require reservations. There are companies like Convene that have partnered up with buildings over the last five, six years to build out beautiful high-end conferencing facilities that can be in addition to buildings conference centers, or as a replacement. When these third-party providers come in and replace the building conference centers, it's much more difficult uh, for us to negotiate free or even discounted usage. And unfortunately, it's usually more expensive. Something that has become extremely popular, uh, I'd say in the last 10 years, but even more so in the last uh, five, is outdoor space. It's really become the crown jewel of a building. And it's much more than a small deck. Uh, remember that buildings have evolved into lifestyle buildings to accommodate all of tenant needs. And more and more tenants are asking for outdoor space for their employees. A great example of this is uh, the renovated post office, the old main post office. Uh, they built a three and a half acre rooftop that's equipped with a full running track, basketball courts, uh, and a lot of open space so that employees can come up there and just enjoy the outdoors uh, when the weather is nice in Chicago. So generally speaking, these rooftops consist of green space for their employees that want to come and have an outdoor meeting or just to grab a bite to eat, lunch, or a cocktail after work. Some have added uh, common gas grills uh, so you can have a rooftop barbecue. And new buildings delivering in Fulton Market, they're making a really big push with outdoor space. They've even built private decks off of each floor, in addition to a uh, common rooftop. A good example of this is uh, the building that just went up uh, at 215 North Peoria. It's a brand new boutique building 
that was just recently completed in Fulton Market. So I think you're getting the sense that, you know, buildings really want their amenities to, to help build lifestyle. And so that the employees and the tenants can, can really enjoy the building. And along these same lines, uh, they're building these lounges, tenant lounges, which I would say that if we're in California, you build an outdoor space and it could probably also act as a lounge. But in Chicago, where you're only able to really use the outdoor space, you know, if you're lucky from April to October, uh, with the exception of uh, a warm week here and there in March or November, uh, a tenant lounge becomes even more important because it creates a space that is in the building, they can go and uh, enjoy, but uh, it's not inside your office and so you can have an impromptu meeting or you can go and grab a coffee and so they've become really really important um, as another place that someone can go in and enjoy the building and they like i said they've really taken off over the last 10 years and and buildings are now taking these to what i'm going to say is the next level most lounges have a bar that serve coffee during the day and cocktails happy hour in the late afternoon evening and these lounges are sometimes strategically placed in the lobby so that they can serve wider audiences, so you could bring guests to them. Uh, something like uh, Little Toasted over at 300 South Riverside that uh, in the evening, it becomes more of like a, a bar hangout. But uh, other buildings put them on high view floors and these are tenant only amenities. Uh, One South Wacker recently built a new amenity floor where the tenant lounge flows right into the outdoor outdoor space. This is also a common theme with the new buildings going up in Fulton Market, where you know you could be inside, you could be outside. These lounges can often be rented out for an evening by uh, by an office tenant, and so they've really taken on that feel where you're uh, hosting an event and it can you know be used for multiple purposes. The tenant lounge uh, usually includes both quiet space, maybe next to a gas fireplace where you can get some work done, but also a common space for a small meeting. Some have uh, board games and other games like backgammon and connect four, and others have ping pong and pool tables. Overall, these are places that you can go outside of your office to unwind by yourself or with other employees. It's really a great amenity for a building. Then there's some other amenities too that you can find in buildings. Some that we become accustomed to seeing, but not in every building, are things like uh, shuttle buses to and from the trains. This is most common in areas like the East Loop or Fulton Market, where transportation to the Metra is a little bit more difficult. And owners don't want that to be a detriment to tenants signing leases in their building. Uh, concierge services, they'll help you with anything in the building. Everything from setting up a conference or reserving a boat ride on Lake Michigan to getting tickets to ball games and concerts. So whether it's inside or outside of the building, a building concierge can help you with that. Fuda is a food service that has almost become a staple in every building, at least uh, before COVID, where they bring in a different food choice every day uh, around lunchtime so that you don't have to go outside of the building to, to get a bite to eat. You can order it on the app and you run downstairs or upstairs and uh, it's waiting for you. 
And then there's things like golf simulators. I mentioned earlier climbing walls uh, or even bowling at uh, 311 West Monroe. These are just a few examples of other amenities that landlords have brought into their buildings. I recently saw a building that even had a few sleep pods. Uh, that's right. Uh, in case you need to nap in the middle of the day, go to the amenity floor and get some shut-eye. So I hope you've enjoyed my uh, amenity roundup. And as always, thanks for listening to this episode of 10 with Ben. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions at 773-562-5263 or my email is b-a-z-u-l-a-y at bradfordallen.com. Until next time, stay safe and thanks for listening.